0: all right here we are
1: episode 74 oh. welcome
0: back science welcome back. in between science in between i'm scott and that's ollie i'm I ollie be- and, and that's scott that's you scott it this time. Usually, ollie, yeah. usually
1: it's you i try that's you nice. know I'm just i'm just trying to you know keep up with you scott i'm just trying uh-huh. to do my thing you know <laughs> yeah try to be part of the team and god willing you know
0: oh Much oh, <laughs> <I'm> watching like <laughs> I'm kind of, like, no that, that's well that's, that's a quote you, dorm you, you, you've been watching movies <laughs> i have been watching movies
1: which <laughs> is the topic of today's episode it i have to tell you out yes so uh let me let me set this up because there's a story here um my daughter's taking a class over over the winter uh semester and the uh Sort of like the capstone activity. I mean, there's some, you know, tests and things and readings and all this. But one of the capstone things that she was doing in this class was she was watching, A Beautiful Mind. Um, it's a psychology class, and so, uh, she was assigned uh to watch A Beautiful Mind and then talk about some of the psychological concepts and also the therapies that, uh, John Nash received. I don't know if you remember the movie, um, Russell Crowe, Jennifer yeah, Connelly, sure. was up for all, uh, directed by Ron Howard. Um. Got a whole bunch of Oscar nominations. I think it won like three or four Oscars. And so as I was watching the movie, I got sucked in with her because she was watching it. And I was like, you know, we could do a whole episode around movies and science. Um, Now, John Nash was a mathematician. So, but he he won, I think, a a Nobel Prize, you know, in mathematics or something.
0: Yeah, he's a different award. But yeah, yeah, it's it's some kind of medal.
1: Yeah, I think it was for econ maybe for economics. I don't know. Um, but mm-hmm. he he's definitely um, you know, a uh a mathematician of renown, right? So um, but then I started thinking, okay, well, we could do an episode like this, like our our favorite science movies. And then as I was texting you and you were texting me to kind of prepare, I thought we should put some parameters on this because it just can't just be like mm. anything, right? It's not like, hey, Star Wars is my favorite science movie. Well, you know, there's you know some inaccuracies in science, as as far as we know in science today. As far as mm-hmm. we know, you know, maybe who knows, you know, who knows twenty twenty thousand years from now, who knows what what's possible. But as we know it today, it probably is not going to happen. So that's the parameter, right? It's got to be something that is believable or accurate to some degree in today's science. To some degree in today's science. Yep. Okay. And uh, it could be fiction or nonfiction, right? Because it could be, you know, a, uh, you know, a dramatization of something that really happened.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Like a reference to uh, Dr. Nash.
1: Absolutely. So um, any other parameters? I mean, I I guess it could be like, it could be animated. It could be live action, I guess, anything. And it doesn't have to be award-winning. It could just be something we enjoyed.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, right. so just so the audience knows, uh Ollie's coming into this highly prepared. I am. He, he wrote a list, he circled things on his list. He is and I, on the other hand, had two minutes while he went to get a cup of coffee to make my list. So well, I, ju- I just want that out there so that when when my choices are seen as uh as sort of weak and uninteresting, it it's clear that it's Ollie's fault.
1: I assumed from our texts that this was going to be today's episode, which it was, uh, you know, which however, apparently is it is. I, I assumed correctly. And winter, however, winter chicken dinner. Yes. So, yes, we, all we right. do you want me to start? Of with? course.
0: Yes, I absolutely want you to start.
1: I think that the place I'm going to start with with movies is uh, the 2016 movie Hidden Figures. Oh,
0: all right. Okay.
1: So uh, if you're not familiar with the the movie, it's um, stars. uh, I think it's Tariq Henson is her name Um, and Tariqi Henson, I guess is how you pronounce her first name. Uh, And it's all about the, uh, the folks who helped out um, during uh, the, the rocket launches and the moon landings and all that, and all the, uh, the folks that helped the computers, all the computers and the people who were helping to program the computers. And, I no, think no, is,
0: the computers. That's what those. Right. That's where were
1: they, That's exactly right. You're right. Yeah. They were the the actual physical computers. Yeah, people were, were actually doing the computing. Could, they computed stuff. Yeah. Right. And then, um, and how uh, critical they were to all of the the rocket launches, all the uh, the moon landing, and it was to me, it was a it's a powerful movie. Um, it's a powerful movie for uh women in science, for people of color in science, and I think that it also showcases. Uh, really well some of the struggles they've had. And I think that's a really good thing for us to see today and as we start to thinking about think about like how to make our field more inclusive, some of the things historically that have happened. And um there's a lot of folks, if you watch the movie, there's a lot, you'll be like, oh, that's so and so. That's so and so. There's a mm-hmm. lot of people in the movie that you would recognize. Um and so yeah, definitely it, it was up for some some um some I think it might it was up for some awards. Mm-hmm. Um yeah just a great movie. Uh, So definitely check it out. Uh, Hidden figures,
0: hidden figures. It's a good starting point, right? It's a good starting point. Sure. Yeah. All right. So, um, so next in the draft, I will pick another one. That's probably pretty obvious, but that, um, that I really did enjoy. And I think, you know, there, uh, there's probably been some retroactive rethinking of this movie a little bit. I don't know, but interstellar Matthew McConaughey, Uh um i'm sure it's on your list um it was
1: it was not on my list
0: oh really oh surprising because you haven't because you have an uh, alternate opinion or just because it didn't come up for you
1: no it was uh no go ahead go ahead with your introduction and i'll talk about
0: well i mean i think i think what it uh what it does which i like i mean it's a it's one of those ones that's sort of like what they would call hard sci-fi, right? Which is to say that it's um, it's a premise built on some real science, and then it tries to build that out and play out what it um, what it means. And I think some of the things I liked about it. I mean, I liked the way they treated that. There were some goofy bits to it, um, but um, but I like uh, particularly how they how they treat the space travel part of it, not the 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 sort of quantum mechanics uh, uh stuff is a little more uh, hand wavy i guess we'll call yeah. it but um but i liked i liked the space travel and actually one of the little sort of gems i think in that movie that i really liked that i think a lot of people identified but the way that they treated the robot like the that they yeah. didn't you know it was really an attempt to think about well <clears throat> Are we real do do we really want robots to just be humans that are made made out of machine parts um you know sort of humanoid looking things with four legs and and I think they they sort of took that to the extreme and said like well what what could how could we think about a robot that that makes sense from a scientific point of view right that really is um, is designed to do things that humans can't because that's the whole point. Like, why build a robot that can just do what humans can do if we can build a robot that can do, you know, sort of anything? um So, I thought I thought that was really a really interesting thing and a and a standout feature of that movie for me. But I mean, I think it's also just a good movie. I mean, it's emotional yeah. and um, no, it's a, it's it, it's, a, it's,
1: a, it's a good movie. the The reason why it's not on my my list was because I thought it got a little clunky in terms of like. The, um, th- the, how the house, like in the house, they were in that, yeah. th- it was kind of in a dimension where they could talk to like their future self or their se- same self. And I think that's where it got a little messy with the, you know, time, you know, yeah. the blurring of time. Right. Yeah. Um, For sure. And, but ultimately it's, it's an it's an awesome movie. Uh Matthew McConaughey is pretty much awesome in, in everything. So, yeah. you know, it was it was time well spent. It just didn't make it to my list. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So I'm gonna go old school here. Oh. All right. Okay. Do it. 19, 1960 Inherit the Wind with Spencer Tracy. Oh my. I know. Well, it's an awesome movie. Like anytime I see that movie on, and I'll be flipping through like Turner Classic movies. And it's it's on the rotation there a good bit. Um, but it's just like it's such a uh, a great depiction, even now, like if you watch it now, like just of the court scenes and just of you know Spencer Tracy's anguish over all of it. And Space Spencer Tracy's one of those, you know, old school actors who just could, you know, it, it, he could read the telephone book and it would be interesting. You know, he's right. just like that that level of uh actor. And um I think what what it does is even though this it's it was you know, filmed in 1960, it was depicting something that happened in the 1920s, you know, this is all the, you know, uh, teaching evolution stuff. And, and I know, you know that, Mm -hmm. but I think that the thing, what's important for me is I think about how you know watching that movie now in today's climate and the conversations we're having today regarding science and the things we teach in our classroom it is timeless and the conversations are timeless and the you know the challenges that we have are are timeless so we think about like oh these things that are happening today are are only happening today no no you know the politi- yeah. politicization of our schools and the things that are happening in our classrooms uh, have been happening forever right and yeah. and and i think that's a really good way and honestly i i picked the movie because i was like that's a really good movie but then i was thinking more and more about it i was like oh there's so much here right so yeah. Yeah, and
0: there, and we had a, uh, we had a parallel trial to that here, right in Pennsylvania, not that yeah. long ago, right, where there was a, a question about um, intelligent design in in schools, in school curriculum. So, so as you say that, it, you know, this, I don't remember when that was, 2015, maybe 2014, I don't remember. It was somewhere in there, um, where we had the Dover, Pennsylvania school yeah. district having a conversation about whether intelligent design should be taught next to evolution as an alternative theory right so i think yeah i think we're not we're certainly not past that stuff right so right yeah and and moving
1: it outside of science you know all the crt stuff and yeah uh, it's just yeah so i think it's it's just a really good uh movie that stands the test of time you know Yes, it's in black and white. So if you're one of those folks who don't like black and white movies, that's not going to be for you, but I Get love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Love it. All right. In here to win.
0: All right. Well, since you went old school, I'm going to go old school too. So um, I will pick from 1971, the Andromeda strain. Oh, that's a good one. Is, I,
1: was, I was considering that. That's a good yeah. one.
0: So it's it's both topical because it's about a biological uh apocalypse right um but it's also it's also just a great movie and one that i remember watching as a kid it was on you know television somewhere i you know as television back when i was a kid was which is what you watch what was on but um but i just remember it being like a like some of the visual pieces of that movie are like seared into my brain in the way that almost no other movie is um But it's, it's a, it's a really well done movie. I haven't seen it in years, so I don't know how it holds up. I'll be perfectly honest, but, um, but it's a, it's, it's a great movie about, uh, uh, satellite that lands on earth. And it turns out that there is a biological, there is an organism on this, uh, on this satellite that is, uh, not awesome for people. Uh, and so, so the question is not awesome. So the question is like, how do they deal with it? And that, and it's all about this group of scientists who get called in to this underground facility in the middle of the desert to deal with this new biological, um, strain this the andromeda strain that has landed on earth and how do they deal with it what does that look like and i think they treat it the thing that and this is a michael crichton thing that you know we talked about just for a few minutes even before the episode i mean one of the things that's great about michael crichton is he writes books that are deeply investigated and try to stick close to the science so it feels very true to life and i think for its time probably was true to life so if you're if you're interested in sort of um sciency white knuckle thrillers uh it's a it's a really it's a really great film and it's uh you know it's from the 70s so you know recognize that that has an impact on things like pace and special effects and things sure. like that but um and like I said, I haven't seen it recently, so maybe it doesn't hold up. But it was it was uh, it was one of my one of my movies that I I certainly credit with either my interest in science or because I was interested in science. I watched the movie. I don't know which causes which, but it's a great film.
1: You know, it's, it's one of the things and we've talked about this, you know, you and I individually um, have talked about this, about like how the complexity of storytelling you know, in and in not only uh, oh, right. movies, but also in TV shows and things and how, you know, uh, a lot of old TV series and a lot of old um, movies had a very linear, you know, one one story being told. And it was very yeah. linear. You know, sometimes there might have been flashbacks and things, but there wasn't a whole lot of characters to keep track of. Wasn't a whole lot of storylines to keep track of whether it's just one storyline um and and movies like that are really good examples of that whereas if you were to see like a tv series or a movie from today you know there always is multiple storylines going on and it makes you really pay attention to all the different story arcs that are happening and and yeah, so seeing something like that sometimes it's a little bit like wow this is you know it it, you can see it's dated right? right it's you know yeah. so
0: what you hope is that some of the tension that comes from that sort of linear storytelling um holds up right so i don't i don't know again i haven't seen it so i don't know if it does but but uh yeah so yeah. what do okay. we what, what, what do you got
1: all right uh going uh moving ahead a little bit uh 1989 that. uh right. fat man and little boy oh so, yeah all right the manhattan project yeah and uh, also, really star-studded cl- uh, cast here. Um, Paul Newman's in it. Uh, John Cusack's in it. Um, and it talks about like the development of the atomic bombs, and if you know, one was Fat Man and the other one was Little Boy. That was the names of the two uh, atomic bombs. And uh, talks about some of the political backgrounds with it, but also the science stuff with it. And at one point, they were. Um, this is probably, I think, the, the my favorite part of uh, favorite part of the movie is that. They're trying to come up with the critical mass or the structure for the critical mass where, you know, it would implode and then it would. And as they were, you know, doing this and they're doing this almost by hand. Right. They were doing it with like and they accidentally caused the critical mass to happen in a a lab setting. And at which point, you know, one of the scientists just goes over and, you know, knocks a, a piece off of the other, you know, sample. Um, and he's like, everyone stop where you are. And he gets on a chalkboard and he's calculating all of where everyone is and the, you know, the timing and also the uh, level of exposure they may have had. And he's like, okay, everyone's, everyone's going to be okay, except for me, except
0: me. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And then, and that's John Cusack's character. And, uh and then you see for the next, I don't know, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes of the movie, his his exposure and what that does to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just love that movie. I love it. It's just, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, story arcs going on at the same time, lots of great acting, Uh, Laura Dern's in it. She's awesome. It's just, yeah, it's just a great movie. Yeah. And, and I think the science, it's also one of those parts of, you know, it's it's a time period that I'm really fascinated by, you know, like, you know, Robert Oppenheimer is like one of those people who's, you know fascinating character and in, in history and in science yeah um, yeah yeah
0: and not it sounds like not a particularly good man or nice man
1: no no
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> which you know not happens. totally out of character for scientists especially that era but yeah interesting good one all right um so i'm going to skip ahead to i'm going to skip a, a little further ahead to 2004 to a movie called Primer, um, which probably a lot of people haven't seen. It's a weird little film. I think, I think they said that the budget for the film was like $7,000. Um, so it was, it was basically a, it's, it's a short film. Um, and it's basically about this group of people who build a time machine, but it's, takes you know time time in movies is one of those things that gets all sorts of different kinds of treatment and and if we we could do a whole episode just on movies that have time stuff involved in them right like yeah they're just they're just so many films um you know minority report it being uh, one that comes immediately to mind but i'm not picking that one i'm picking primer so um so, it's, I don't want to say much about it because it, with time movies, you usually just want to say, go watch the film and check it yeah. out. It's a short film, it's, but it's, it's pretty realistic in the sense of how does it treat time in terms of the moving back and forth across timelines. And I think that's the thing that time travel has to grapple with well to be a good sort of hard sci-fi thing, right. Is to really see how, how you, how, how do you treat that part? And then I think the other thing that's realistic is, you know, what would happen if basically like four people in a garage built a time machine, like what would they do with it and how would they treat it? And what would it do to, to them and to the way that they think about the world and the way that they think about their relationship to themselves and other people? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an odd little movie. It may not be for everybody, but, uh, but I, I recommend it as a, uh, as a, as that, as a sort of interesting piece, but it, but it, I think I pick it in this context because I think they really do a good job with the time bit.
1: Yeah. So one of my favorite time movies about, uh, about mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. movie about time. Have you seen this movie? Uh,
0: I think I have but
1: it's where it's like, a like a, a, like a a family like of time travelers, they can go back in time and correct something and relive something. It, if you haven't seen this movie, that is, it's not on, it's not a, on my list of science movies. Okay. It's just really, really good. Um
0: Oh sure, of course I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. it's a romantic comedy. It's it like is. a well, no, I don't know if
1: it's a comedy per se. Is it a romantic? Com- I don't know. Oh, I guess I did put it in a like romantic comedy fantasy. I yeah. think
0: it's. I mean, it's like by the people who did Love Actually in Notting Hill and Four Weddings sure. and Funeral. Like, come on, man, it's a yeah. romantic comedy. Yeah, I know this film. Sure, it is awesome.
1: That's yeah. a great movie, but not not particularly y It's like a lot of like, and then magic happens. <laughs> yes.
0: There's a little bit uh it's like the time traveler's wife, right? Like that. Oh thing. yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. It yeah. is like that. Okay, so next up for me. I I got what two more. I have way too much on my list for two more because you have not been picking the ones I thought you'd be picking. You have so, two,
0: what do you mean you have you only have well, two more?
1: Well, yeah, cuz I I thought we we're going to do five or we would you want just keep going? Oh, yeah. I, I don't All know. Right.
0: Well, we'll see. Let's see where our time is. Let's see where oh, our yeah. time is. I,
1: I, it has to, my next one, if I just have two more picks and who knows how many we have, Yeah, Um, it it has to be the Martian. The Martian is what a great movie. That's on my list for sure. What a great movie. And so, you know, we may do a pop culture episode or on books. The Martian is an awesome book. Yeah. Um, But the movie, I was a little skeptical because the book was so good and going in, I was like, okay, how, how really, how good could this be? You know? And it lives up to the expectations and so much of it. And they do the science really well in there mm-hmm. where, you know, it is, it's really believable. And, you know, I, you kind of felt like how'd they get this guy to Mars on, you know, cause mm-hmm. it, they, they did such a good job with it. And, you know, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. It's one of those it's rewatchable. It's a little long, but it's, it's completely rewatchable. And Matt Damon just, you know, lives up to it. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Totally a great movie.
0: Yeah, No, that was definitely, definitely on my list. And I think, you know, there's that famous line where he's like, we're just going to have to science a shit out of this. Yeah. And, and you know, it's like that, that, you know, as a science nerd, you're like, yeah. Yeah. Science the shit out of it. Dude, show us <laughs> yeah. how that goes, Matt. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it is, I mean, I do think the great thing about the Martian is that it, it shows the sort of pragmatic nature of like, I got a problem. I'm trying to solve it. I'm not trying to get a right answer here. I'm right. trying to solve a problem. And the problem is what? Well, the problem is I got to grow, I got to grow food. Well, how do I do that? Well, I need, I I need, I know the nutrients I need and I've got to get those nutrients somehow. And how do I do that? And like, I think that, and showing him going through that process of like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I need, I need to produce more oxygen because I don't have enough. Well, how do I do that? Well, there are ways to do that, but some of them are dangerous, and yeah, some of them are very dangerous. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, no, I agree, that's a great movie, and, I, and I'll pick one that's sort of in that same line as well, which I which is just a great, um, sciencey movie, which also has this sense of like science being at the center of it, which is a rival. Um, oh, yeah, and yeah. so that that movie, which You know, I mean, the basic summary is like aliens come to earth and we have to try and communicate with them, but it's got a, I mean, it's got a deep sort of psychology piece to it. It's got a discourse piece to it, which really appeals to me, which is sort of like, what is, what does talk mean? And how do you, how do you communicate with other creatures who, you know, don't necessarily think about communication the same way we do. And, um, it's just, you know, it's another it's it's a very slow-paced film. It's not like an action film. It's uh um it's it's just really contemplative, but it's it's a great movie and really good performances and uh and and I and I feel like to the degree that it can it gets the science right and it takes the science seriously. It doesn't try and make this, you know, like the aliens come down and it's just magic and we can talk to them and they can talk to us and we're, you know, um blah blah blah. <laughs> So I think uh, I think that's I think that's what I like about it is it really shows that um, how difficult this is. And and it and it has some nice twists and turns in it, too, that are built around the science. But uh, but, yeah, I think that's a good one.
1: Did you see before uh, right before the holidays, there was a I don't know if this was one of those news things that got dropped on a Friday or something because they just were trying to. But that NASA assembled a team of religious leaders. Have you heard about this? no. So NASA had assembled a team of, like, uh, two dozen, you know, religious leaders to ask them about what they thought the reaction would be if extraterrestrial life was found.
0: Oh. Interesting.
1: You know, I just, uh, you know, it, it showed up on, like, you know, my social media feed and all that. And I thought it was just a bunch of bunk. But it's actually... You know, in papers, in newspapers and stuff that it like actual periodicals that that this happened that they assembled this team, and then you make makes you wonder like, well, what what's going on there, right? Like, what what is going on there?
0: You know, what, what's going on there? <laughs> what's going on there? You know, <laughs> be, is this like an Area Fifty One situation? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> like, we've got alien, <laughs> we got an alien in a jar somewhere. Now we got to figure out what to do with I, it. I don't know. I mean, come on. Like, what what could happen? What else could happen? I
1: mean, it's like these last couple of years. Like, it's like, oh yeah. Sure, let's just throw alien yeah, life in this sure, too. Sure, let's oh, just yeah. throw it. Why not? <laughs> it's good. That'd be good. You know Somebody right now is putting that on their 2022 bingo card. Yeah. Alien life.
0: Alien life found. <laughs> yes. and, and well, it would distract us from the pandemic. <laughs>
1: why not? Like, right. hey, ex- external threat. <laughs> yeah, right. Nothing like <laughs> oh, coalescing we, around. We it. gut ourselves. <laughs> It'd be terrible. Oh. <laughs> coalescing against some external threat. Let's right. do it. That's- oh my God.
0: Have you, okay. Well, okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was about to go into something else and I'm just not going to do it. There's, All right. I'll just say, I'll just say it. Derek Bell, Space Traders. Um, yeah, that's, that's a, it's like a short, I don't know what you call it, a short story, uh essay, a thing, but the premise of it is aliens come to earth and bargain with humans but it's it's got a very strong equity component to it but it's a it's a amazing story we we use it in our teacher education program to ha- start conversations about equity and race
1: oh i have to write that space down
0: traders. space traders Derek bell good stuff i mean i good stuff makes it sound like it's fun not fun but but profound and um interesting all right. So we do- will say no more about
1: that. All right. Say no more. Say no more. All right. So if say I only no have one more movie left on my list. Wait, when whose was it? Didn't you just? What
0: no, did you just I, Did Didn't I go? you just
1: arrival? You just did yeah, arrival. I did arrival. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if I have, we're doing five each. Five so each. If, you, if you remember, my four were Hidden Figures.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Inherit the Wind. Yeah. Then it was uh, Fat Man and Little Boy. And yeah. then it was The Martian. Yeah. Right. So although I am a little that's I know got one left, one left, it is going to be Apollo 13.
0: Oh, sure. sure. Yeah. I forgot about that one, but that's a good one.
1: Well, I mean, one, it's just an amazing movie. I think the best part for me, and this is from a science teacher standpoint, and I think kind of connects what you talked about with the with the Martian is, is how we approach things in terms of, you know, problem solving the best part of that movie from my point of view is that where they're trying to figure out how to like retrofit one piece of equipment to do something else. So they knew that the one, you know, module was not going to be able to be used. And so, but it was not designed for three people. It was only designed for two people. And if they were going to use it for three people, there was going to be some serious oxygen issues. And so how do they retrofit some equipment so that they can, um, you know, make it work. Yep.
0: So nobody dies. And then they, and then that scene where they are on, uh, they're like in NASA headquarters and a guy comes in with like a cardboard box full yeah. of shit and just dumps it on the table and says,
1: yeah, we got to do this is it. This and is all we so got. I would show that. So I used to do the, um, I used to coach our science Olympiad team at all uh, mm-hmm. when I was a high school teacher. And that was one of the things that I would show to the students because there's always an event in science Olympiad called write it, do it. And so mm-hmm. what, what, The premise was that one there was two people on the team one person was going to see something and going to have to write the directions on how to assemble that thing and then pass off the directions to somebody else who got all of the things and had to assemble it so sometimes it was legos sometimes it was connects sometimes it was just like you know um you know candies and like you know toothpicks and stuff um And what they would have to do is like have to describe it procedurally, what, what, how to build it. And so that's where the name right to do it came from. And so I would show them that with, you know, here's these scientists who had to figure out how to do this. So just the problem solving was one, but then also communicating to somebody else. Okay you know, take off like 12 inches of duct tape and do this and then do, you know, just that procedural nature of it. I think that's one of the things that we sometimes miss in science is the science writing. Like how do we write in science, not only from a procedural thing, but also describing the things that um, we found and the things that, you know, so, because we communicate different audiences. And I, I think that's one of the powerful parts about that. We have a science writing program at Millersville, and that's one of the things that, I, I really enjoy that we have that kind of focus, you know, is that we're yeah. teaching people how to do that, how to communicate in the science fields to larger audiences and to a v- variety of different audiences. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, uh, so I'll do my last one. Um, so since you recapped, I'll recap because that'll be useful for us later. But um, all right. Uh, so I had Interstellar, Andromeda Strain, uh primer, arrival. And now I'm gonna stick with my theme there since we talked about Alien Life. Because as we were talking about that, I was like, oh, that's a great movie that I haven't thought about in years. That's like from my childhood. So I'm gonna bring this one up, which is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, yeah. That's which great. is it's just a you know, and again, like haven't seen this movie in years, may not, may not hold up. But Richard Dreyfus as a guy who like aliens come to earth and again it's a communication thing there's so that there's uh you know it's it's about humans trying to communicate with aliens that come to earth and it's a totally different version of it than arrival arrival is much more focused on sort of the scientists interacting with these aliens to try and talk through it
1: communication right
0: exactly um this one is really more about the effect of this this one on this one guy, this Richard Dreyfus's character, because he gets directly he directly encounters these aliens and then he, it 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 brings him on this sort of obsessive journey to meet them and talk to them and he he just like trying to figure out like what this all means to him and his life and Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, again, it's been a long time, may not, may not hold up, but, uh, my sense is it probably does reasonably well. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, good, just a good movie. So
1: yeah. Close Encounters is a great movie.
0: Yeah. yeah, I remember
1: when I watched it as a kid, I was just like terrified. I was like, ah, you know, but then watching it now, I don't know if it's as terrifying now because I think they were desensitized from it a little bit, but I think that, you know,
0: probably not. Yeah. And I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, okay, so sightings is a fir- close encounters of the first kind is sighting a UFO close encounters of the second kind is you find actual physical evidence of, um, of these aliens. And then close encounters of the third kind is when you actually make contact. So- Where's this ta-
1: where where did you find this? taxonomy i
0: I found that in the in it's in in the tagline of the movie so i looked it up on imdb so the tagline for the movie is close encounters the first kind is sighting, second kind is physical evidence third kind is contact so this is about what happens when we actually come in contact with aliens and how do we deal with it so yeah so i i I feel like i I would like to share my the other things that were on my
1: potential list
0: so so you're asking for a second episode no 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 i'm
1: no i'm well i I guess we could i then i won't like i won't announce i think think
0: you should put a pin in it because uh i think this we could we could come back to this and you know one more oh
1: yeah because i there's still some really really good movies that we haven't talked about like for sure and yeah um so yeah we'll do that why don't we put we'll put a pin in that And so there's ten really, really good movies that you can, you know, some of them I don't know if you could show in you know a classroom, but certainly uh, a lot of them you can. Like Inherit the Wind, that's a that's a movie that should be shown and shown a lot, you know. And yeah, and The Martian, yeah. There's nothing, there ain't nothing bad about Martian. Nope. Nope. No, no, sir.
0: I mean, most of these have, yeah, are pretty solid in that regard. Um, but yeah. So, and I, you know, I'm thinking we probably don't need to do joys this week. I think we had a lot of joy in those five, in those five uh, movies each.
1: Yeah. There was a lot of really good movies there and they, and, and just talking about them and even talking about the ones you like, you know, I, I had come up with a whole list and, you know that I was like, oh, he's going to steal this one. He's going to steal this. You came up with a completely different list than I did. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I thought about like putting Arrival on it in Interstellar because they're both really solid movies, but there were other ones I just were so like that resonated with me so much more like The Martian just is like, you know, yeah. that movie's awesome, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah, The Martian was definitely on my list. And I will say- I think the thing that I didn't get to really thinking about, which I'd want to do more of is some of the more documentary type oh, films yeah. that are really, you know, that that are really about science rather than just stories that include science. Right. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So the, this is a whole episode of joys, all <laughs> movies, yeah, all joy, all joy, no pain. It's, it's
0: joy all the way down. It's turtles yeah. all the way down. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
1: so episode 74 in the books look at us
0: look at us all right well uh we'll see you next time then
1: see you then science in between bye now